0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Chiefs against the Eagles. I think it's going to be an epic showdown, personally. You know, there are some of those Super Bowls where a wild card will sneak up and get into the bowl, and then it's totally lopsided and it's so boring to watch. So I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think it's going to be an amazing matchup. My prediction is the Chiefs will probably win by just a few points. I'll say 27-24 Chiefs. If Patrick Mahomes is running close to 100% and his ankle's not bothering him, the injury he had on his ankle... I think he's a force to be reckoned with. He's an amazing quarterback. But honestly, it could go either way because uh, Jalen Hurts is extremely talented and also he is fast. He'll probably rush for one or two touchdowns himself. We'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be an exciting game regardless. By the way, a quick side note here. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I had the three-point spread right I said uh, 27-24, and it ended up being 38-35, so uh, definitely a good, 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 good game. Really hard fought on both sides. I knew that Patrick Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid, uh, that's kind of a combination that's uh, you know the dream combination in the NFL right now, one of the best coaches and one of the best quarterbacks. But Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have nothing to be ashamed of. That was a dang close game and uh, really, really fun to watch. So, uh, again, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and your fans. Okay, and what a crazy week with all of these foreign objects shot down over our airspace. I mean, we know about last week where the intelligence-gathering, quote-unquote, weather balloon that blew off course and was allowed to float slowly over many of our military air bases and missile silos was shot down in South Carolina. And now we've had not one, not two, but three of these cylindrical foreign objects shot down over North American airspace. The first one was in Alaska. Uh, The second one was in the Yukon up in Canada. And then just today, we heard of another one shot down over the state of Michigan. Hmm. For the one that was shot down over Canada, Justin Trudeau was very grateful for NORAD. And for those who don't know what that is, it's North American Defense Command. Uh, It's located inside a mountain in Colorado, so it's pretty much bomb-proof and uh, really monitors everything that goes on in the North American continent. And I can guarantee you the balloon that left China last week was probably monitored by NORAD for the entire trip across the Pacific Ocean. And when it entered U.S. airspace, which it should have been shot down right then, over the Aleutian Islands up in Alaska— and then allowed to float down or over the entire continent and was shot down in South Carolina. Now, all these aircraft causes you to really think about what this might be. Is this China testing the waters, pushing the limits? Or I had a talk with a friend of mine who is very much a believer in extraterrestrials. And honestly, if you think about it, okay, think about this. If you are religious, which I am, and you go back to the Bible and to what Jesus said when he said, worlds without number have I created, and that we are created in the image of God. So really think about that. We all look alike. That stands to reason that there's a good possibility there might already be people here among us from other worlds. Here's one other theory. What if these are false flag operations? Now, hear me out. We know that the World Economic Forum and other entities in this world, on this planet that want to rule everything, they didn't get the effect they were hoping for with COVID. They were hoping for a worldwide mass panic that would cause people to give up their free agency and turn over all decision-making to an elite cabal that would make all the decisions for us for the greater good. So we know COVID didn't accomplish what they thought was going to. Maybe an alien invasion? I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm just spitballing here. Uh, I uh, talked with a friend of mine and we were just, you know, running over ideas back and forth. And he was talking about the possible red flag operation, too. And I thought, well, you know, there is a big possibility of that because we know there are people that want to rule us like kings and queens. And they want us all to be their subjects. And in order to do that, they have to have the overwhelming majority of the public be scared to death. Uh, Michael Crichton wrote a book called State of Fear. You should read it if you haven't, by the way. And Michael Crichton is a brilliant or was a brilliant writer and also was very much an expert on climate science, but not the kind you think of, (laughs) the kind I believe in. The planet was made by God and was created to keep itself clean and running efficiently and has done so for, uh, what, 4.2 billion years and will continue to do so long after we're gone for sure. But in this book, State of Fear, his thinking was that the government needs to keep us in a constant state of fear to be useful. If we're not afraid of something, we don't need our government. So perhaps these uh, new objects in the sky, and if we start seeing them regularly and start seeing the news organization go into panic mode, I think that's a pretty clear indicator what's going to happen. Because as I discussed again with my friend and he mentioned that the people that are from other worlds are already here and they are so far advanced from what we are They would have already destroyed us if they wanted to. Mainly, we believe that they're here to observe and prevent us from destroying ourselves. I don't know. What do you guys think? Write me, drew at watchdogsbark.com. Okay, I know I've been promising for a long time to do a podcast on the Biden family business, and that is what I intend to get to. Uh, today is going to be the Biden family business part one, (laughs) because there is so much information I am uncovering all the time. There's no way I can do it in one podcast. It would be two hours long. So, and I know podcasts don't generally, uh, work well that length until you have quite an audience that is willing to follow you along kind of like Joe Rogan, where he sits there and talks to people for hours and, you know, bless him. That's fantastic. Maybe someday this podcast will get to that point. Until then, I think I'm going to keep things between 25 to 35, 40 minutes. Uh, So it's easier for you to just kind of listen to what I have to say on your commute to or from work or on a quick workout. Something about 30 minutes. Basically, the Biden family business is this. Selling access to Joe. So far, this is what I've been able to come up with. And most of this information is obtained from reports by Miranda Devine, who wrote Laptop from Hell and was the first to break the Hunter laptop story back in November of 2020. And that laptop was held by the FBI for about... 11 months before this report was to come out. So as I've said before, the FBI forewarned Twitter and other social media platforms about this possible Russian disinformation campaign about Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay, we know that Hunter Biden had a drug problem and a prostitute problem and probably many other problems. And those problems were seen by foreign governments that are not friendly to the US, and I believe they realized they could easily blackmail him for things that they needed from Joe. And we know now that every place the FBI has looked for classified documents in Joe's properties, they have found them. The only place the FBI hasn't looked, and ironically, none of the news sources are talking about this location is the University of Delaware. Did you know that Joe Biden submitted 31 pallets of documents? That's right. 31 pallets of documents are in the possession of the University of Delaware. And they said that they're still going through them and organizing them. And that was a decade ago. So since they found classified documents in every location they've looked, I think it stands to reason there probably are a lot of classified documents at the University of Delaware. What do you guys think? I mean, 31 pallets of documents? Hello? And I think early on, Hunter Biden learned how to manipulate people and use his father for his gain and for the Biden family gain. We know that Hunter Biden was allowed to ride on Air Force Two to Beijing, China, with his father uh, when his father was vice president. And after that meeting in Beijing, for some reason, Burisma, the energy company that Hunter Biden worked for in Ukraine received a 1.5 billion dollar energy contract from China huh imagine that it's also really interesting to note here that in order to prove his worthiness to sit on these board of director of or, or the energy company Burisma, um, basically Hunter Biden presented a document which, pretty much had to have had classified information obtained from his father's classified files because it had very detailed information about geopolitical, uh, military, uh, and geographical regarding Ukraine and its proximity to Russia and to uh, different European countries. So in order to have that kind of information, I think Hunter Biden was allowed to, or Joe Biden wrote this letter for Hunter. Either way, it had way more information than Hunter possessed to try and gain this seat on the board of directors. Now, while he was on the board of directors, it's a year or two, Burisma paid Hunter Biden, a drug addict, $83,333.33 per month or a million dollars a year. And Hunter Biden knew nothing about energy, nothing about Ukraine, culture, or country, or language, nothing. But he was allowed to sit on the board of directors of this energy company and be paid a million dollars to do it. Now, at the time, Hunter Biden was part owner or worked in, co-owned, I should say, Rosemont Seneca Partners, a $2.4 billion private equity firm. The other owner was Devin Archer, and then also um, Christopher Hines, um, that would be John Kerry's stepson, was also in this company. But when Devin Archer and Hunter Biden were given positions on the board of directors of Burisma, Christopher Hines actually uh, disassociated himself with them and the company. He actually disassociated himself because he realized the major conflict of interest that would be. Because if you'll remember, John Kerry... Was the Secretary of State at this time. So, yeah, there's a major conflict of interest. And uh, Hunter Biden just ignored that fact because, you know, he was a drug addict and uh, saw a million dollar a year paycheck. So, goody, goody. Now, other things Hunter Biden has gotten very good at is getting donations from all kinds of different places. For instance, he received a $3.5 million wire transfer from the former First Lady of Moscow. Then recently I discovered that she also invested between $100 and $200 million with Hunter Biden in a real estate deal for the Biden family. Huh. The Bidens have also received $31 million from China, plus China gave them a $5 million zero-dollar percent interest, forgivable loan. So basically, that's just China giving the Biden family $5 million. And also, they received $5 million from Ukraine. So, you know, I think, honestly, Joe Biden, you know, used to brag about being the poorest senator in the Senate. I think after a while, it got to him and he realized how much money he could make peddling influence and... I think, because we know from my last podcast what a low moral character Joe Biden has, that he decided to go for it and got Hunter basically to be his point man on many of these deals. And remember, it's very easy to believe that Hunter Biden was able to gather all this information for this document he presented to Burisma Holdings, Uh, from classified documents because he had his residence in the Wilmington, Delaware home and even had a driver's license with that address on it. And all this time he was in his major drug addiction, doing drugs all the time, having sex with prostitutes and all that. And a lot of people think that this Hunter Biden laptop story is about Hunter Biden. It's partially about him because it looks to me like he was the point man on all these deals, but the real issue is the money that was paid to Joe. There is emails on that laptop that were discovered that basically explain how H will hold 10% for the big guy. Now we know in an interview with Tony, Tony Bobulinski, who was a business partner with Hunter at one time and has since come forward to out him, admitted that H was Hunter and the big guy is Joe. So every business deal that was happening, H was holding 10% for the big guy. And also, Hunter Biden filmed himself doing everything. And I mean everything, buying drugs, having sex, holding the gun that he had illegally. He's a moron. But, you know, he was also high on drugs all the time. So one or a couple of the videos on Hunter Biden's laptop is Hunter complaining that he has to pay half of his money to his father. And he promised his daughter he would never screw her over like that. And that he is paying a lot of his father's bills while his father was vice president. So all this money is intermixed, but we know Joe gets 10%. Oh, yeah. And we now know, remember, in the last podcast or the one before, Joe Biden was paid a million dollars by the University of Pennsylvania to put his name on a building in downtown Washington, D.C., which is now called the Biden Penn Center. And shortly after that building was erected, that center, or actually, I should say the University of Pennsylvania, received over 50 million dollars of Chinese Donations. Also, recently, Naomi Biden, which is Hunter's uh, daughter, actually called her father and said that China had invited her for an event in Beijing for young, inspiring leaders, and they would provide a flight, business class flight over to Beijing, and all accommodations would be paid for. And she asked Hunter, should I do this? And he says, of course, absolutely. You know, they're willing to do this because your last name is Biden. The Biden family is the single most protected family in political history. The FBI, the DOJ, the Secret Service all have done numerous things to protect the Bidens during elections and Hunter's illegal activity. When Hunter bought that gun illegally, the reason why he bought it illegally, he lied on the application form saying he did not have an addiction to drugs. And then when he asked someone, I think it was his daughter, to get rid of the gun, she threw it in a dumpster near a high school. And that gun was never found. I believe the Secret Service probably went and dug it out of that trash because they realized how much trouble that was going to cause. Also, we know that the first trove of classified documents were found in the Biden Pen Center six days before the midterms of 2022. And, huh, funny thing, the laptop, the story of the Hunter Biden laptop was introduced 15 days before the 2020 election (laughs) i'm sure that's all a coincidence right also for a while joe and hunter biden shared an office space with a chinese national a member of the ccp last name of dong in georgetown and it's funny thing Uh, Just a few months ago, that office was quickly and suddenly shut down. You know, I I think it was right around the time all these investigations of classified documents happened. Hmm. I wonder why. Oh, and also the $5 million wire transfer that came from China was uh, from Henry Shao of uh, CEFC, which is China's energy company. And they were the one that offered not only that, but the $5 million, 0% forgivable loan. All this free money to the Bidens from China. And then to think if we're gonna leave American companies out, and and again, I don't have proof of this company buying the information, but I do know Hunter Biden tried to sell classified documents with details about Russian oligarchs to an American aluminum company called Alcoa for $55,000. So again, where did Hunter Biden get all this information about Russian oligarchs? I believe that's probably information you'd only find in classified documents, correct? Okay, now, if you're sitting here wondering, okay, how come you're talking so much about Hunter? Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Uh, This is supposed to be about Joe, right? Yes, it is. But I needed you to understand that Hunter was basically the point man on all this. But Joe has done his share of protecting his son too. You remember I told you that Hunter Biden was on the board of directors of Burisma Holdings and paid a million dollars to do that. And there was a prosecutor that was starting to look into corruption about this. His name was Viktor Shokin. And he was looking into the corruption of Burisma Holdings. The president of Ukraine at that time, uh, Peter Poroshenko, was promising Joe that he would fire this prosecutor, and they never did. So... Joe Biden decided to take matters in his own hand and threatened to withhold $1 billion in additional aid if Viktor Shenko was not fired. Don't believe me? Listen for yourself. I was supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from... Uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to press conference no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what six hours. I looked I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. got fired and they put in place someone who was solid at the time you know i'm trying to think what that's called uh they tried to accuse donald trump of this uh oh yeah quid pro quo. That's what you would call that. You remember they tried to accuse Donald Trump of a quid pro quo from that phone call he had with uh, Zelensky after Donald Trump became president and asked him to look into the corruption of Hunter Biden. So add all this up, $31 million, $5 million, $5 million, three point five, one hundred million. $100 I mean, There's so much money. I think the actual public net worth of the Biden family is about $20 million. You tell me, how do they attain that kind of wealth on the salary of a public servant and a school teacher? Do you want to know how insanely corrupt and privileged this family really is? Uh, James Biden's daughter was a real mess and he called Hunter and begged him to help her with some kind of job. So Hunter called Massimo Watch Company and asked that they would give her a job. And they agreed to give her $85,000 a year plus stock options to basically do nothing to sit on their board of directors. Do you know what that spoiled little girl did? She sent them a letter, said, I've never accepted a job for such a low wage in my life. She's 30. They, give her an un, they gave her an unpaid internship anyway. So the Bidens have been using Joe and his last name to make money for decades. All right, that's about all I'm going to do in this podcast. There's more to come, believe me. But there's a couple of things I want to comment before I let you go for this week's podcast. And just to let you know, these two things have really upset me. Uh, I don't think, I didn't think this kind of a justice could happen in our country, but here we are. First of all, I don't know if you've heard about some of these poor people that were convinced to change their sex Uh, when they were young, and then later on, they changed their mind and want to go back to their original sex. They're called detransitioners. There's one particular story that literally broke my heart. Um, A person, Prisha Mosley, uh, she says that she transitioned when she was younger and has now been completely abandoned by the medical community because she wants to try and detransition. Uh, she's gone through a lot of pain with the testosterone and the, all the different things that they forced on her when she was younger. And at the time, you know, when she's young and impressionable, which I believe a lot of these children are, and by the way, when you go through puberty, there's all kinds of weirdness. That's what trying to figure out who your body and everything matching all works together. Glands, uh, hormones, muscle strength, bone density, all these things happen during puberty. And if you do puberty blockers, you're stopping the full transmission or transformation of a body. Your body, the people that are taking these puberty blockers are not fully developing either physically or mentally. It's actually stopping the development of their brains. So this poor girl, she says at the time when she wanted to transition, she was under the impression that these doctors loved her. They said they didn't want her to die. They were trying to save her life. They were worried about her. They wanted her to be healthy and happy. And clearly, that wasn't the case. They were just in it for the money because now that she wants to transition, she is being ghosted. For those of you who don't know what that is, that means ignored. Now, she calls all of these medical centers and tries to get help detransitioning and they ignore her. I think what these doctors And quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, medical professionals are doing to these vulnerable children with clear mental issues that are trying to deal with all these different things going on in their body. And they're being told, oh, that must mean you're in the wrong body. So you should be the opposite sex. You'll be much happier. I believe what these doctors and medical professionals are doing is criminal. And I believe they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The other story I want to talk about really quickly is George Allen Kelly and his wife lived down about a mile, mile and a half from the border of Mexico in Arizona. And recently, George Allen Kelly shot an illegal alien and killed an illegal alien on his property because he feared for his and his wife's well-being And he's being charged for first-degree murder. And his bond is set at $1 million, forcing his wife to live alone and unprotected on their farm. This is insanity. I mean, you should hear this guy in the courtroom, and when he's being taken in and out, he's thanking the officers for their help. He's, uh, you know thanking the judge for their help and he's, he's asking for mercy or for leniency so he doesn't have to leave his wife on their property alone, unprotected, a mile away from the border, which is wide open and drugs and sex trafficking and human trafficking are flowing freely across that border. And this is not the first time that illegal aliens have crossed over his property. This is the first time that he's felt threatened and shot and killed one of them. But it's not the first time this has happened. So I really hope that true justice happens in this case. Okay, and as I always promise to, I want to end on a positive note. I want to help you stop yourself from going down a negative path or having negative thoughts. The way to do this is always have an idea of how you're feeling on the inside. Uh, you' do a self-evaluation constantly throughout the day and internalize what you're feeling. I'll give you an example of what I mean. When I was living in New York City, one time I was running late for work, and I was running full speed down the stairs and ran right up to the subway, and bam, the doors closed right in front of me. And I wanted to scream and yell and stomp and all that stuff, and I thought, "Wait a minute, why am I so upset? This is my fault why you know why am i so upset and i thought oh oh okay i haven't eaten in like 6 hours and i didn't sleep well last night i was out with friends really late last night and didn't get a good night's sleep okay i have to be more aware of things that are going to hit me now because i know i'm going to react negatively easier so you have to be able to have that self awareness if you have that self awareness you'll have much less chance of going down a negative thought pattern or having a negative reaction to everything. I'm not perfect, believe me. Uh, There are definitely things that send me off the edge, but most of the time I really try to stay positive because honestly, there's some crazy crap going on around the world. And if we focus on only that and the negative, we're going to go crazy and we're going to always be negative and we're going to always think the worst. And that's not a great way to live. We need to live with positivity. And in order to do that, you have to constantly take a self-evaluation of how you're feeling and base your reactions with that in mind. And I promise you, if you do that, you're going to have much less chance of reacting negatively. And with that, that is the end of another podcast, The Watch Dogs Barked, Tune in next time where I might talk a little bit more about Joe Biden and the Biden family business. We'll see. There's so many crazy things going on right now. We'll see what the next podcast brings. Until then, create an amazing day.